a SAC production. Hello and welcome again to SAC Comedy Lab Presents, another episode here where we're focusing on the Orlando Fringe Festival and the 25th anniversary. So today we uh, had a chance to talk to Carol Adams, who is with the show Blonde Poison, and that's in the pink venue. It's an 80-minute show. She tells us how she was approached to take on the role. It's a one-woman role, and it's her first time in Orlando Fringe, or actually in a Fringe Festival, so she talks about how she's been down to Orlando before, how she was approached and and was involved with this show that's based on a biographical novel um, regarding the true story uh, and the Nazi kind of hide it's it's a real fascinating story based on a a woman and how some people felt that she betrayed others and talked to a reporter but it's a real cool interview uh listen to it enjoy it go support her at her show she's got a few more here in orlando before she moves on to san francisco uh but if you're not doing so yet we have more interviews coming up please subscribe to this podcast so you can hear about the upcoming artists in Orlando Fringe Festival, but also we'll be interviewing artists to talk about the arts in just Orlando in general, upcoming shows like that. We'll also talk about some shows here at SAC Comedy Lab, some of the uh, shows that we produce here. We'll have some clips and little tiny bits of our show. But enjoy this uh, interview with Carol Adams and Blonde Poison. Enjoy. All right, let's get for for the record... um, Carol Adams. Correct. Carol Adams. Just making this official. What is this show? Because I just got the last minute information. The show title is? The show title is Blonde Poison. Blonde Poison. And for people listening on the podcast, she's blonde. Yes. Are you, uh, what's your role with the show? I am it. You are? Is it, it is a one-woman one one show. show? Yes. And the name Blonde Poison comes from the fact that mm-hmm. this woman, this is a true life story, this woman was labeled Blonde Poison by... The Germans uh, in Berlin because she was a Jew, never identified as such until Hitler took over and was forced to identify as Jew. She herself was betrayed by a greifer or a catcher. And in order to save herself and her parents from the deportation to the death camps, she in turn betrayed over, they think, about 3,000 fellow Jews. So it sounds like this is a biographical story. It is. It is a historical drama. It is a true story. This woman did exist. Wow. Okay, so when did you get the concept to do this show? I did not write this show. This this show was written by a a wonderful playwright. This is not her first show. She's a very established playwright. Her name is Gail Lowe, Uh L-O-U-W. And I was given the show in October of 2014. A producer in Salem, Oregon, where I live, said... I read the script and thought of you the entire time, which was flattering and scary at the same time because she's a Nazi <laughs> collaborator. And hey, thanks for thinking of me. But you know what makes um, me think of Carol? Yeah. <laughs> ah, golly, she's just such a lovely human being. And um, so I took two months to memorize it. We I we we produced it in February and March of 2015, and the playwright Where, found. Where'd you perform it? In Salem in at Salem. the Verona Studio. Okay. Yeah. And now, we were just chatting before you, um, before we started this here. Mm-hmm. So you're from 
out of town, out of I'm Orlando. From, I'm uh, out of Orlando. I'm out of state. I live in Oregon right now. I came all the way from the West Coast to do this for you people of Orlando. We so. appreciate it. Thank you. We appreciate it. Uh, the weather's a little bit different than Oregon weather right now? A little bit, yeah. The humidity is something... Does different things to your hair. Oh, my. <laughs> the, yes. blonde poison. The, the blonde poison... Frizz, yeah. Um, no, I, I mean, it, it's good. The people of Orlando have been amazingly welcoming and helpful, and it, it's so far, it's been a great experience. Have you been to Orlando before? I have actually family in Orlando, so this is not my first trip so to the city. So not just tours, but, but for family, vacations, right, yeah, visiting. Yeah. Pre-Disney. That's how far back my family goes. When this was just a one buggy town. Yep. <laughs> yep. So you've been here a bunch, or at least before, um, yes. and you've performed this show already. Um, mm-hmm. Is this how many times have you been to Orlando Fringe? This is my first time fringing anywhere, so I am a fringe version, and Orlando is spoiling me because I can't imagine that other ones probably aren't as well run. This is this I, has been a pretty well oiled machine. Yeah, I, I haven't been to other fringes, um, and I'm, this has been great knowledge for me with other artists but yes we have air conditioning mm-hmm. we have a food well and tent. yeah the, <laughs> the way the park you know it's all sort of in one area i mean there's there's the byovs which are fabulous and i'm going to a show tonight at one of those um but just everything all centralized and you can just run between the art museum and the, the shakespeare center and the science it, it's it's fabulous yeah well when you're working on a timetable of so many things to see so many things to do right it's nice to know that I can see this show, it lets out, and I still have time to get to the next show that I don't want to miss, and then tickets are sold out for the rest of the showing. Exactly. So it's really, really yeah. nice that we have this here. But if you're going to um, you know, travel to other fringes, it's a little bit different. It is a little bit different. I'm, I'm going to be doing San Francisco in September. Um, so you have it planned out already for this show? Yes. Okay. What are those other yeah. uh, other cities? Um, actually, I, at this point, I'm just doing San Francisco. With it being an 80-minute show, it, it says 90 in the program. It's really 80 people. So if you're, if you're looking to you know, fit in a show after mine. It's really 80 minutes, um, which is a little long for a friend show, but it is a fully established show. It's, it's not in its experimental stage. It is a, it's full. So um, I can't apply to a lot of fringes because a lot of them don't have 90 minute slots. Yeah. You have to be 60 or less. So I applied to Toronto, unfortunately just got on the wait list for that one, but that's okay. Um, and then I'm doing San Francisco and hopefully between these two fringes, I did well enough with reviews and audience feedback that I can get a production company to start doing all of the stuff that you have to do outside of being on stage. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. You got to wear all the different hats when it comes to. Well, exactly. it depends on your production. If you have a staff, if it's a one wo- woman, one person mm-hmm. show. Um, yeah, I'm know. here by myself, walking around. You know, I don't have other people able to hand out postcards. It's me. Yeah. Um, and there's other artists that you know, one or two person shows that you have that. And, what, what brought you to you the know. Orlando Fringe uh, to start off with? Was it just, I mean, because it's a lottery system compared to other locations, other cities, so... Right, it's a lottery system. So you apply, and I, I was lucky enough to be chosen. But again, being somewhat familiar with the area and knowing that I would have to come by myself at least to start with. My husband joins me on Saturday. Yay! Um, <laughs> here, hand out some postcards. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there was a comfort level there. Uh-huh. Um, and with it being the first Fringe. And... My very first email to Michael to say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. 
immediate response, very friendly, very welcoming. Um, it just made it a real easy choice to say, yes, I'm, I'm going to apply to this and, and hope to heck I get it. And I did. I was very lucky. Awesome. Um, so, yeah. So it's, it's really been a, a good experience. Exhausting. As I told someone this morning, I feel like I've been running a marathon and I'm at the starting line. So Well, we've already talked about that. that you like, I work out. I've got electrolytes in this. <laughs> so your energy level seems pretty high right now. Is that how you always run? Pretty much, yeah. I think my husband would agree that, yeah, she's exhausting. <laughs> I'm trying to keep up. I'm trying to keep up. She's kind of my motivation I mean, and we, also we, my know. exhaustion. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> you know, you don't have much choice when, you, when you're hawking a show you love and, and you want to make this work. That's what you do. Um, so. Well, well, we'll talk more about the show. I wanted to ask you because mm-hmm. uh, because we are noting it's the 25th anniversary for Orlando Fringe. Um, for your history, 25 years ago, were you uh, actively in the arts? Oh yes. Where I've were been, you at that point? 25, uh, 25, years, 25 ago? years ago, I was in Wisconsin, which I'm a Wisconsin native. Uh-huh. So on Wisconsin, go Badgers! Badgers! Uh, Badgers. <laughs> um, I can kick Are into you a the big football I, fan? I, Oh, they inject us at birth. We must watch the Packers every Sunday. Now here's what's. I don't want to do this bum from Chicago. There you go. <laughs> sorry, but sorry about that. And sorry uh, about that. Let's let's talk about our quarterbacks when we're off the air, shall we? <laughs> that way you won't cry on the air. I'm just a. I'm, I just support the city. I don't even follow well, of course. The sports anymore. Of it's like go Bears, Bulls, Sox, sure. Blackhawks. Sure. You know, we were actually in Chicago in in March for the Big Ten tournament. Cold and uh, actually, just, it was beautiful. Did you get good weather? We did. It was fantastic. You won the lottery twice we this year. Did I? I have been very, very fortunate. I was um, up there for about a month ago, and it was great weather. But then it turned right back to crap again. It, it right. snowed like a week ago or two mm-hmm. weeks ago. Yeah, like it, really. Yeah. But I knew that growing up. I moved about this fifteen is, years ago. I'm is, like, yes. it snows through April. <laughs> it's okay. It. You I don't, no. you don't change your tires. Don't take the sandbags out of the back. No. You still need that. That's why we moved. That's why it we was, moved. <laughs> it's just the winters were just too long, and we were just getting too darn old. So when you were it in Wisconsin, rained. you grew yeah. up uh, in theater, or oh yes, I've been doing theater since I was nine. What did? You, how did you start off? Um, I was eight years old, and my father was in a community theater production of Oliver, oh, and yeah. so I went to see him, thinking, "Oh, this is what adults do." Mm-hmm. Adults do, you know, this type of thing. And then the curtains opened, and there were all these children singing "Food, Glorious Food," and I went, "I could do that." So the next summer, they said, okay, kid. And so I remember distinctly, I've uh, interviewed, auditioned, I don't know how many times for how many different shows. But I was nine years old, and I remember I sang Hello, Dolly, to audition for The Music Man. My nine-year-old memories are not like that. (laughs) I remember it so distinctly. I just, that yeah. But, you know, what I auditioned for a month ago or, you know, a year ago, who so knows? being that your family was in, yeah. in theater already, did you... A little bit, cut, yeah. Mm-hmm. Was there, do you have siblings that was, there was a challenge for the attention? Oh, no, no. Well, I have four older sisters, but no, I, I always knew that my parents had to have that fifth daughter because they had to keep doing it until they got it right. I like to say so that. So still to keep me. a little sibling rivalry? Oh, yeah, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. No, all of my sisters were all very, very talented women, but all in different areas. Has anybody, does anybody in, else do anything in theater? In theater, no. 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 Okay. So yeah. they needed to pass it on to the, to the right one. Right. Exactly. But that's that's weird at night. Well, not yeah. weird, but awesome. Like nine years old to know this. This is I want the I want the attention. And you started off with a with a singing idea. Like you wanted. Did you always kind of walk around singing? We're very musical family. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just humming. Just, just yeah, humming. My mother always hums. I've inherited that. My nieces inherited that. And now her son has. It, it, we're hummers. Um, <laughs> my father was drive in, hummers. It, it's all exactly. Yeah. No, very musical. So yeah, there was always music playing. And 
you know, with older sisters, so I know a lot of the really early 60s music, even though I was born in Rouen, um, because the, it, it was just constantly playing in our house, all the old records, the Beach Boys and the Dave Clark Five and, and all of that. So, But, but musicals have always been a, a big pull to me. This is not a musical <laughs> that I'm doing here at this show. No, okay. Uh, but, um, so did you start taking mm-hmm. classes in high school, uh, drama? Oh yeah, did all the you know the community theater productions, the drama, forensics. So by the time you got to high school, you already had something. Oh, yeah. on, you had you had experience. I you weren't was, a newbie. I was I was not a novice by the time I got to yeah. I already had quite an established resume by the time I got there. So so did you yeah. fur, did you um, always stay in the Wisconsin? When did you move from Wisconsin? Uh, back in two thousand five. So, so you've been there for yeah, a long for forty some years. Adult mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Um, College? Did you? Did you College. I minored in theater. I, I was. I've always been very practical. It's like, well, yeah, people don't work in theater. They don't have insurance, and I was just way too practical for that. So I have a degree in English education. Yes, I was in a classroom with children for two years, high school. Oh my gosh, it was so much fun, but Lord, it was exhausting. Um, <laughs> and, but I've always have done theater, um, even when I had quote unquote regular jobs. And then when I met the man of my dreams, my husband. Uh, it just kind of came about that, hey, I could do this for, or at least try this for a living and could always go back and be an administrative assistant, which is what I was doing. And mm-hmm. so I've been very lucky. I've been able to do voiceover work and and the acting. Yeah, so. that safety net that a lot of people believe in is, is not really as safe. And I think we're in a generational, well, maybe it's just more out there because we hear it, where you can, I think it was Jim Carrey that did a little quote where it was like, my dad took that nine to five and and got laid off. So from that point on, I knew um, that's not safe either. So if you're going to do something, you might as well do what you love. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and it's nice that we have that. Uh, you know, a lot of us have, and this generational, you can pick something you like, and at some point in time, you can you know, make some money with it or at least support yourself. So you're actually doing that right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, have you with a it? lot of help from my husband? Got it. Got it. <laughs> Man of got, your dreams. Got, got, got that safety net there. So <laughs> that helps a lot. When was the first time you ever knew about Fringe as, as itself? Uh, was it Orlando Fringe or did you know of a Fringe somewhere else? Um, when the playwright suggested that I try taking this on tour, it, it, it was kind of like, well, okay, how do you go about doing this? And so I knew a couple of actors that are more in the Portland area who I respect and have done one-man shows, one-woman shows, and so got talking to them. And I I can't remember exactly who told me, but started talking about the Fringe Festival, the circuit. If you've got an idea, if you've got an opportunity. Right, you can, and then, you, you know, you go online, you can find anything online now, and you just start doing research that way and finding out which – festivals would take a 90 minute show and where do I want to go and is the timing right because um, there's some festivals in summer I don't like to leave Oregon in summer because it's just so dark, gosh darn nice there I haven't been there but I, so I hear that it's, time ago. yeah it's fantastic so so um, somebody approached you about the the, the show itself mm-hmm. and told you hey I was thinking about you mm-hmm. and then how did that that path kind of take it from from there to to here you, you started doing the show I did the show. I, I did the the nine performances or whatever it was in in Salem, and um, just from hearing a radio interview where I had done part of the well, the whole thing is a monologue, but I did a small monologue. the The playwright heard that because she's over in England, um, but she heard it and she said, "This just sounds fantastic," and it really encouraged me to keep going with it. So I did book uh, a theater in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, because, of course, that's where I'm from, and I wanted friends and family to see that. And um, 
So just, you know, kind of sort of I'm trying to figure out how to to get represented by a production company that would take over the the booking and so that I can concentrate even more on being really good on stage. <laughs> I don't think – just from your, your presence right now, good on stage, I – I can imagine you have characters. Did did you do a lot of research with this role? Um, because it yes. is biographical. It so, is biographical. So how much of it do you yeah. keep true to? Well, Gail did an extensive amount of research. And the the main book that informed her research is called Stella, One Woman's True Tale of Evil, Betrayal, and Survival in Hitler's Germany. Mm-hmm. And... Available well, on Amazon. Available on Amazon. <laughs> and, and, and it isn't one of those books that you can kind of pick up at Barnes & Noble. It, it, but uh, for us in Oregon, there was a nice connection because it's written by Peter Wyden, uh-huh. who is the father of our Democratic senator, Ron Wyden. Okay. So there was that Oregon connection for us, which made doing the play there even you know more important for us. And Senator Wyden was able to so you attend make contact by, with him. He, and he attended our opening night. And his father? His father has passed. Oh, okay. Yes. So yeah. he at least came to pay tribute. Like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, my God, they're still honoring my, my dad's book and this oh, true yeah. story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. how much in depth of so, – you read the book. Uh, I read the book, and there are literally pages where I'm going, oh, my gosh, this is my page 36. I, I, there, because it was just – Peter wrote such a, a good book and did such a phenomenal job interviewing this woman. Um, so it's an, that, it's an interview base, or is it? Uh, um, it's actually kind of it, it's it's biographical. It, it, it's a little misleading the title because you think it's all about her, but it's really his story as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, two people he 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 and his family were able to get to the United States. Stella and her family were not able to get out. So those two points of view and his experience during the war, and then him always thinking about this this beautiful woman that he knew. At, into their early teens, how do I, you know what happened to her? What happened to her? He became a journalist, and that just kept bugging him in the back of his mind. What happened to this woman? What happened to this woman? And so he did the research and did was able to find her and interview her, which was very difficult to do because she did not talk to the press. At what at um, what time period was that interview? Was this like in? 50s, I want to say fifties, sixties, sixties. Okay, sixties, maybe early seventies. Yeah. Huh. So, so, but that that book is is really, I think the the. Uh, what informed Gail the most? Did you, did it stray off of the book? I mean, because I mean, it sounds oh, yes. like a drama. Yeah. But... It is a drama. Um, I, I don't want to give away the ending. The ending's a little bit different for her. What the basis of my sh- what the basis of Blonde Poison is is that as an older woman, which I am, uh, Stella <laughs> Stella is anticipating. In the book, or in the play, it's Paul Waterman, the name of the journalist that's going to come, but it's Peter Wyden that she's okay. waiting for. She's anticipating him coming and the questions he's going to ask and her going back and reliving what caused her to do what she did, which was to betray all those Jews, and, and what it was like to live in that time period. Um, what I really like about the show is that you don't always, not only get... The, the steps in, in how Stella ended up doing what she did in becoming a grifer. But she also talks about what it was like to live in that time period, noiseless living. Because she and her parents for a while did hide for, really? in, in you know in different places, hiding from the Gestapo. Ten people in an apartment. Only three people could walk around at a time. You had to have stocking feet on. 
Mm-hmm. Do not flush the toilet. Um, you know, uh, if you were on a, a, a streetcar, don't talk too much. You don't want to be overheard. Don't want to be given away. You don't want you don't want to draw attention to yourself. Mm-hmm. You don't. So so all these little historical bits. What was legal? What was illegal? Um, it, it, to me, as I was memorizing the play, I thought this is just really interesting stuff uh, that you don't maybe hear in other shows. Um, yeah, those little tiny nuances kind of give more character and depth to what you're doing. I mean, it's like the generation of. Not maybe our parents so much as the grandparents mm-hmm. that are still very frugal with their money because of depression lessons sure. that they learned. Mm-hmm. There's the ways that they, I, I don't waste this. I mm-hmm. take what I need. That's all. I mm-hmm. save for the future. And then we forget those lessons. And then as our parents and the baby boom just, you know, hey, we're living the good times. And then and we go through our little recession that we had just not too long ago. Um, and all of a sudden, people start sewing again and doing all the things yeah, it, that they did this went out of, like, of style. You know for what a Americans while. are saving? We're in the negative of savings now. We're like at thirteen percent or something again. It's like we we have to relearn those lessons. So mm-hmm. with the lessons mm-hmm. that they learned, I wonder did you did you do more in depth? Like did, did some of that tra- translate to you a little bit? Did you start kind of being just aware of like any of that? Like those little those little like the little being quiet and stuff like that? Did did, did any of that kind of soak into you? Well, no, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't say you know. Oh, I have to walk around in sucking feet. But, <laughs> Did, I, it, but it, for me, it just made it very interesting, and it's also another way to, to kind of sell the show to people because some people might go, oh, I don't want to come to a Holocaust drama. It's not about the camps. This, okay. you know, she does not go to the death camps. That's the whole premise of this: is that she kept herself out because she did this. Okay. What would you have done? So it's so it's. Yeah. So and 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 what I really what I really like about this show is that it's still relevant because people will say, oh, you know, this has to do with World War Two and the Holocaust. Mm -mm. More like betrayal. Betrayal. Think about what's happening politically today, because people have always said, how did Hitler come into power? What are we going through right now in some of the the politics that are going on? Um, When I did my show in Milwaukee. Each night we put out a box that people could donate money, and Gail Lowe was, was kind enough to donate the, the rights, the, the money for the royalties, to Syrian refugee relief. Wow. All of those people going, you know, trying to get out of a dictator, a mad dictator. I mean, the, the parallels are very, very similar. So there, there's a lot. Even though it is a historical drama and it is very accurate to that time period, there are things today that it also relates to. Hmm. So. Did you um, did you already do your first show yet? Did you debut? I did. You debut? How did it go? I did. It went well. Because you've you, People, like you say you've already done the show, but it's also with right. Fringe, well, I had I had a t- yeah, and because I had done the show, and they gave me because it's a ninety, it's an eighty minute show. Um, <laughs> I did. Uh, I didn't have to have five hours for tech, so I used the last hour and a half of my tech for a free preview for the press and fringe nice. volunteers and artists um, and was lucky enough to get two critics to come. Um, Matt Palm from the Orlando Sentinel came and gave it a thumbs up. And I'm completely forgetting the name of the wonderful reviewer from the Orlando Weekly. I think it's Corey. I want to say, boy, I hope I get that right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very tired. The time change from the West Coast and is still kicking me. And you've been doing it all yourself until dream, yeah. your dream comes That's to, right. To but, um, but, uh, the Orlando Weekly said it is a must-add to your 
to your fringe viewing list. Now, let's get your so, show times definitely. Again, the venue is in the um, pink venue. Pink venue. Which is in the, the Shakespeare Center. Mm-hmm. Right when you come in the doors. So it's right there. If you go to the left, there it is, the pink venue. And I have three shows left, um, and I'm trying to pull out a postcard and be efficient and not babble on the. Three here, shows here we left. go. Uh, there we go. All right, so we are here. So Saturday, which is May 21st at 12:30. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also have Tuesday, the 24th at 6:15 p.m., mm-hmm. and then Friday, the 27th at 7:15 p.m. Correct. And what are the ticket prices? Ticket prices are $11, and there are discounts for fringe artists, military, um, and seniors. Okay. Now, being of its its topic, um, what what is it rating, or who would you say? I would say high school and older. Um, I have family when I did it back in Wisconsin, and they brought their high school kids, and they could handle it. I mean, they they've studied the Holocaust. The language is she doesn't get graphic. It's not graphic. She is narcissistic. She's charming. Um, the the word can I say the two words that I say that it maybe are a little blue? Say them. Bitch and bastard. That's it. We'll and find that, out if that's approved. There by we Charlie. go. <laughs> All right. Those are the two words that we, that she uses, and that's it. But um, but you know, she didn't go to the camps, so she's not going to talk about those horrors. Right. Um. Uh, so, but it, it it's it's an important piece for. Jews and non-Jews to see, and sometimes it's difficult. I think for the Jewish community to come see it because it's it's it, and it is a difficult topic. Um, but I think, as it says on the back of the postcard, it, it's one of those things. Do you want to read that paragraph? It is not a typical black and white account of the Holocaust. It is not easily digestible, and audiences will not walk away unaffected. You will engage in dialogue about this, and you will ask to ask yourself the ultimate question. What would I have done? And that's from this. Is it Sussex Jewish News? Right. Yeah, that was when the original original production of it, uh, that, that was done at the Edinburgh Festival. Back in 2012. And you weren't a part of it? No, 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 no. No, that was a wonderful actress by the name of Elizabeth Council that, oh. that premiered the show with Gail. And you're going to be traveling again one more time. And you said that was going to be on the West Coast. On San Francisco. And then I'm hoping to, to get some representation and start taking it around to either college campuses, which I think would be... Awesome. Um, How do people or, contact you regarding that? If somebody is like there is a Blonde Poison website. If you go to www.blondepoison.com and blonde is with an e, so blondepoison.com, <laughs> and there is a tab for United States tour um, because the Blonde Poison website is Gales, and so the three current actresses, and I think there's going to be a fourth somewhere in Europe, um, who are presenting it there elizabeth did it I don't, I don't believe she's doing it currently there's a woman um uh, very well-known australian actress that's actually doing it at the sydney opera house right now mm-hmm. in their studio theater um that is having very good success with it uh, myself i'm the only one in the united states at the moment doing it and then i believe there's a, a european actress so they've got to go to that united states tour tab in okay. order to see my information the is mm-hmm. there a social media facebook anything like that blonde poison starring carol adams mm-hmm. is my my Facebook page, yeah. 
All of that other stuff, Instagram, Twitter, I'm I'm just too old. I can't get, no, that's just too much to try to keep up with. I can't keep up with all these youngsters at this <laughs> festival. My gosh. Um, is there anybody else you'd like to thank? Anybody that's helped you out, sponsors, production, anything like that? Not sp- no sponsors at this point. Um, that's I wanna, why I want to reach out to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I, I do want to shout out to a couple of people. Michael Proft, who, who gave me this fantastic visual for all of the posters and postcards that I have here at the Fringe. Um, just a wonderful designer in in uh, based out of Cedarburg, Wisconsin. Um, my director Susan Cormel and my uh, technical director who designed the light and sound for my show, which got a wonderful mention in the Orlando Weekly again. Uh, Rachel Steck, who both of those ladies are in Salem, Oregon. All right. Well, uh, we wish you the best of luck with your production here in Orlando, and hopefully you'll return again to visit family and hopefully friends uh, yes. for maybe next year's production. Hopefully uh, we'll get you, you back again. Know. And That'll again, this is Carol Adams. It's Blonde Poison, Pink Venue. Still got three more shows to catch, so definitely want to try and catch that. Well, thank you so much, Carol. Thank you. This has been a SAC production. Like us on Facebook.com slash Lab. Follow at SAC Comedy Lab on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening.